Hey everyone and welcome to another episode of the Convergence podcast. I'm your host Siddhartha Valuri and this is episode 25. This week I had the pleasure of talking to my friend Joao Silva about his experiences working in the video game and film industry as a concept artist. He has contributed to titles such as Star Citizen, Robinson, Hunt Showdown, to just name a few. And we went really deep into our mutual love and admiration for creating short films and developing these huge passion projects that keep the creative energy flowing. Joao spoke about his process for developing new ideas as well as his recent experiments with Blender and Eevee. This is a slightly longer episode but I hope you guys stick around till the end because it's packed with a lot of valuable information. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Joao Silva. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. <laughs> Uh, I remember seeing your work many years back, you know, when I was studying at FZD, your work and your, you know, printouts of your homework were being circulated around the class and like, really? hey, this guy does oh, really cool awesome. work and I'm like, yeah, this is really awesome. And it's been great to see your progress from then because now you've worked on so many different games and movies as well. So yeah, it's great Thank to be able so to get some insights. Thank you so much. And it's a pleasure for me to, to be here with you. I, I really, like I was telling you before. Because we were just chatting now, and I really admire your your progression as well. You've you improved so much, and and we have this common interest as well, which is like developing short movies and mm-hmm. live action stuff. Uh, and uh, I really love to connect with people like minded. Yeah, because it, it's like you were saying, man. It's it's a tough job, man. And and props to you for being able to to get it done and to get a team. Because uh, yeah. It's a tough job, and uh, like you're saying, it requires patience. How how do you like? How do you keep yourself motivated? You know, especially in the current situation where you're working from home, and that conversation with your fellow artists can't happen on an instant basis, right? How do you motivate yourself? Uh, to be honest, my team in Framestore is really solid. Mm-hmm. They are really, really good. I, I, I dare to say they are some of the best. Uh, artists and designers in the world, they are, I really admire the world. So they, they, they keep me in my, in my toes. Uh, and, uh, and that's really cool. And we have meetings like daily. We have like two meetings per day in France, uh, which is required because deadlines are super tight. Mm-hmm. So pretty much every day or every couple of days you are doing delivery stuff. Uh, even if it's just for like quick feedback from the clients. So that's, that's mostly it. How do you do it? Because you're in Rockstar. Yeah, yeah, I'm at Rockstar right now. Where are you based now? Are you in San Francisco? Because you're in San Francisco. No, no, no. I'm in in India. There's a branch in India as well. So that's where I'm at. Ah, Okay, cool, cool. That's awesome. Are you in your hometown? No, that's not my hometown. But I've stayed in this city for quite a a few years now. I'm in Bangalore. Bangalore. So, I mean, like you were mentioning, you have like this solid team around you. So when it comes to professional work you're always let's say on point because you have to keep delivering work but then how do you how do you like come back i mean leave the uh, professional work and then motivate yourself to do personal work even after that because you keep doing quite a lot of explorations in your free time as well yeah that's true man that's true the the i i wish i could do more Mm -hmm. i wish i could do more uh and a, a lot of yeah, I would say like 90% of my explorations, I, I never 
I've never shown them. You'll probably must be the same. Mm -hmm. um, and um, the thing is, it's probably the same as you. I just want to improve my skills in order to be able to to do short films. Like you were saying, I noticed, I think you were, you were seeing on Instagram, that like it, while you were doing this short film, you improved a lot yeah. uh, on your technical side. Uh, and uh, and that's been just happening organically. Although, to be honest, I wish I had more time. Uh, although now I got a, a little baby in December. Oh, congratulations. Girl. So, <laughs> thanks so much. Thanks so much. And time has been a bit more tight, but uh, I, I still try to 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 get that one percent a day at least. Right, that's interesting. So, I mean, for people who are maybe coming across your work for the first time, because from the time you graduated from FZD till now, it's been quite a few years, and a lot of new yeah. people must have come across your work. So maybe you can go a bit into your background. How did you get into art and design to begin with? Um. The, I think I think it's the same as pretty much everyone. It's not like a super special story. It's just like mm -hmm. since I was a kid, I, I love to 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 draw. Okay. I love cartoons. I love Dragon Ball. So I'll be always I'll be always be, draw, be drawing like uh, Dragon Ball sketches, uh, Goku, Vegeta, all yeah. the trunks, all that stuff. Man, I was crazy about it. And I always knew that. Uh, yeah, it's probably the same as everyone. I always knew that it, my path would go through. Definitely, you'd, you'd be doing art, whatever it was. Like at the time, I thought it was architecture because I had no clue when I was a kid, I had no clue that this was an option for Joe. And uh, all my life, like all my childhood, I thought, I guess I'm going to be doing architecture because, like in Portugal, that's the, the, the only thing that is like arts related and can pay your bills. Um, but then, actually, when I went to graphic design school, my teacher, he he told me like, man, you, your stuff looks a lot like concept art, and it was my, just my sketches. Okay. And um, I, I was like, okay, concept art. Well, what is that? I, I never heard that word. Never even heard that word. Combination of words. And uh, and he told me, he told me about Feng Zhu FZD, and, mm -hmm. and then I went, and it was like uh, a world open. You just, I don't know, always in India, but in Portugal. Unfortunately, there is no uh, entertainment industry. Mm -hmm. No, you guys have a lot of entertainment industry. Yeah, we, we do. We do have like a pretty big film industry and TV industry, but it's not the kind of work that we do in concept art. It's like a different style of movies, different style of storytelling. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it but it's getting there though, right? It is it getting is there. To, yeah. yeah, that's awesome. That's cool. Did you have any sort of pushback, like when you wanted to get into concept art? From your family or anything of that sort? Um, actually, no, man. It was always pretty straightforward. Mm -hmm. um, my father is a construction building company, so he always wanted me to go to civil engineering, mm -hmm. but I was like, no way. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I just, I just loved way too much doing this. Although initially, my, the pushback was from, from my side, from my side, because I, I wanted to. I was I wasn't sure if I should follow like either film school like learn directing and all that stuff mm -hmm. because I love movies. My passion for movies being there since the beginning, and uh, uh, and that was my uh, 
my doubt at the, at the beginning, should I follow concept art or should I follow uh, movie making? Uh, and then in the end, I just thought like, I'm pretty good doing this stuff. And, uh, and, and, and I feel like I will always be able to go back to it. Uh, and the way, the way I saw it was, uh, I was really good replicating stuff, but I wasn't good at design. Okay. And I felt like I wasn't going to be able to learn design and develop good ideas in film school. Because I have a few friends that were, was, that were doing film school. And me, myself, when I went to design school, my second year was film school and my second and third. And at the end of the day, you can learn all the techniques, you can learn all the softwares, but if you don't know how to create uh, interesting ideas, not saying that I can, but at least uh, we in FC school, you'll go through a process where you can, that you learn how to develop ideas. And uh, that was my, my mindset. Okay. I wanted to be able to conceptualize. Now, with the amount of knowledge that is available online, do you think these kind of art schools, is it worth spending one year or two years training over there, even though so much knowledge is available? That's a very good question. That's a very good I talk a lot about that with my friends. And uh, to be honest, I don't have a, def a definitive answer mm -hmm. for that. Uh, I'd love for you to, to tell me what you think. What I think is that uh, for me, my experience in FSD was amazing because I was lacking discipline. Um, not that I didn't know, I, I was looking for discipline. I just, I didn't know how to learn. Right. Uh, I didn't know how to stick to a goal uh, and to do stuff. Uh, and pretty much I didn't know how to learn. And in FCD, I, I learned how to learn and how to be patient. Um, and that was really good to me because I was surrounded by people. And if I failed, my friends would help me, lift me. Um, and I, and I think that I'm, I'm a very, very much a team player. That's why so far, like my, my journey in development, my, my short film has been very tough because I tried to do it by myself. And I figured that doing it with a team, uh, and now I'm, I'm, getting, I'm trying to do it with my friend. But doing it with a team, it makes more sense to me. And uh, yeah, I don't know. It, although like the knowledge available from websites like platforms like Learn Square and some other, it's insane, dude. Like, if you have a bit of a, if you have already a bit of a background in, in design, dude, that's all you need. Um, what do you think? What's your opinion on this? I think it's quite similar to yours. I think the kind of connections and friends that you make in schools like these create very, very deep connections which can last like decades and lifetimes. So I think that's a very big advantage. And you know, like, I think if somebody is willing to learn on their own, it's completely fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But I feel like a lot of people fall into the trap of forcing themselves to be self-taught artists to get the tag of being a self-taught artist. That's true. They think it's like some sort of a pride thing that, hey, I'm a self-taught person, but I was able to do it on my own. But I think like you were mentioning, it's all about team. You Some, some people can learn on their own. Some people need to be with others to learn. But... At the end of the day, if you're doing good work, that's all that matters, really. Yeah, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. And and I, I, in a way, dude, to be honest, I I do understand those people because, like you're saying, like I tried to do my stuff by myself, and I was like, yeah, it's gonna be my creation, it's gonna be all by myself, mm -hmm. and it 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 never yeah it never happened yet. Uh, but 
but it's true. On the other end, man, like you know, not uh, yeah, most people. I know, I know a lot of people that are, that are self-taught, and they were already like super disciplined, like by nature. Yeah, by nature, it, it was already it was uh, in their personality. And what I think is that um, if if you have that personality, go ahead. Uh, but um, what can I say? It's that there's definitely a lot of people that are looking for that 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 type of uh, type of uh, self-made concept artist, self-taught. But uh, like you said, like at the end of the day, the most important thing is developing good work. It's all in that's interesting. I wanted to take a few steps back. You were mentioning that you had this inclination to maybe go into filmmaking. And now that when I look at your work that you've produced over the years, there is always like a very cinematic frame to it. Like you frame it in a proper film, filmic manner. Are there any particular directors whose work you really admire and you try to maybe bring in those influences into your work? Oh, definitely. Definitely. Um, yeah, the, the 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 first one that comes to mind is Christopher Nolan. Okay, I absolutely love uh, his movies. Uh, the look he achieves. Uh, I'm I'm constantly watching movies, good, bad, terrible movies. I, I was like, I I seriously try to watch a movie almost every day. Oh wow, okay. Because I I, I have a lot of passion for it, and I feel like it's a good reference to it. Um, but I, I at the moment, from the top of my head, I'm not remembering. I could tell you, but the thing that I've been looking at most, not so much the directors, it's to producers. For instance, like A24, Annapurna Films, yeah. Annapurna Films, like A24, Annapurna, and uh, some other uh, producers. I I really, I've been looking more towards that because I've been loving to find indie movies, indie directors. Mm. Uh, That's been really cool. That's been very, very cool to find young directors and, and even short films like people like you and stuff like that and that inspires me a lot very much like because the the the, the overall all you look these days um it's it's not anymore the thing that i like to see i, I like to see more like the, the film look you know like the organic film look yeah uh, and 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 you don't see that much in Hollywood anymore so yeah, you, you can find more of those kind of movies uh, with a, a deep philosophical meanings behind uh, beautiful cinematography, like the true artists working together, like in a small team with really interesting stories in those kind of productions, like from Hugo before and Annapurna. I never know how to say this. Annapurna. Annapurna. Yeah, let me think some more. There's definitely some other ones that are not coming to my mind, but uh, but it's definitely those are the two that I that I've been loved, I've been really enjoying. That's an interesting thing, right? Because as concept artists, we are working on these like huge productions generally because that's where concept art really is needed, where the yeah. there are these big VFX shots and stuff like that. But then you want to come back home and watch these really small close stories with like few characters going into certain deep philosophical tones that you were talking about and it's an interesting thing that i noticed because when you look at let's say the general audience they want those big explosion movies because that's what gives them escapism 
but as artists we want the reverse of it how do you balance those two in your mind this is a great question i think there is space it is space for everything like i was telling you i love to watch like all kind of movies um i think like again there is space for everything I, I do enjoy watching those movies as well. Yeah, I love watching those big production of these movies uh, because it's, they are entertaining. Yeah, I, when I watch those movies, I'm looking for entertainment. First, when I watch like the Zack Snyder cut, it's like four hours. <laughs> I do that watch the whole thing. We don't stop. I love everyone speaks shit about that movie. I love it. <laughs> I don't know. It's tapping to that like Dragon Ball um, vibe. The, isn't it a little bit like those crazy uh, flights and punches? Uh, I still have to see oh, the I still have to see the Snyder Cut, the new one, so I can't really comment on it yet. The, I don't know, man. I love it. Mm -hmm. The original I didn't like. The original I didn't like. But this one, it just it just felt like the art the artist that Zach, Zach Snyder is just came to fruition mm -hmm. and was able to do whatever he wanted. But it's like again, it's like total Hollywood movie. Yeah. Uh, but I like it, man. But I think I look for entertainment in those movies. And when it comes to the other ones, it's more like uh, study and introspection. Right. Uh, That's a good way. It's to almost it. like meditation in a way when I watch like those other movies. And that brings a lot of... Um, uh, it's not like I'm a spiritual person, but it brings like uh, a lot of uh, lightness into my spirit in a way. Mm. I feel like fulfilled in a way when I watch those movies. That's interesting. Yeah. I think something. I don't know like, if you feel the same. What you think? No, definitely. I mean, there are definitely things that you can like pull from both the different kind of movies. Something that I really admire about these large productions is just the organization ability to bring yeah. like thousands of people together and kind of execute such something at that scale. There's so much to learn from that. It's insane, and, it's insane man. Yeah. It's insane. I worked in the Little Mermaid uh, last year. Actually. One in one and a half years. The the movie's just coming. It's coming next year. I believe. Oh wow! Yeah. Oh God! It's it's so many people. Mm -hmm. It's insane. And, and and I really admire that the director and the production designer, cinematographer, they are able to be uh, almost with everyone. Eventually, you are you are with the director. No matter no matter what is your role, if it's like printing artworks to or even like doing concept art. You, you will be dealing with the director, at least from my experience. Uh, some other, some productions are different. But on that one, which is supposed to be like, it's a Disney production, it's massive. Directed by Rob Marshall. And, uh, and, yeah, and the logistics behind it, it's, it's, uh, it, it's insane. I don't know how, how, how these movies are made because it's so much going on. Yeah, I really admire that. So something that I really wanted to talk to you about was now you worked in video games as well as movies, like at the top level of productions. What do you see is the difference in terms of developing concepts for both these kind of properties? I think I think it's very similar. Uh, concept art in games and movies are very similar, and which is something that I think movie people they are not aware. People that never work in games are not aware, and and I believe that they are. Missing, missing out on a, a lot of amazing artists okay. on the game industry. A lot of um, uh, game industry artists are not getting opportunity to work in movies just because they work in games and probably they don't know what the movies. And it's very similar. At the end of the day, it's very, very, very similar. Uh, the the only thing is that 
in games you will focus a little you will focus a little bit more on, on uh, game design and level design uh you you gotta be aware like uh, what's the level and what, what is the gameplay but uh, at the end of the day um, at least in the games that i've worked on mm -hmm. we focus a lot on story and um and stories movies and and, and stories in pretty much every art form right so yeah so that I think it's very very similar, okay. very very similar. And I find that game game uh, concept artists—they uh, are. I think if I think there is a, a more talent in, in in games industry. I think you find like amazing artists there, and I'd love for them to have more opportunities working movies. I guess the problem with movies is that you either need to be in one of those big VFX companies, or you need to be in the Art Directors Guild in LA only then you can exactly. start working on those. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. And to be honest, like, okay, in movies, we focus a lot in composition and we'll do uh, more cinematic composition. Sometimes you will, might even do like a shot of the head, something that you'd never, a close-up, mm -hmm. something that you'd never do in games. But it, the transition, like, if, you like, if you're a concept artist in games and you like movies a lot, the transition is so smooth, man. Okay. It's like, it's a difference from making the camera like a wide shot to like just a closer. And if you like movies, it's in you. It's intrinsic to you. You know exactly the shots and you, and you can't wait to do those shots, right? right? Like we cannot do those shots. You know, you, you've done it in your shot, in your shots. Long. I'm sure you, like some of the close-ups you were doing, you're like, oh, finally, I'm going to close it. I don't know. That's quite true. That's quite true, yeah. In games, you don't do uh, close-ups unless you're doing a prop or something. And like all your life, you just just wish I could do a close-up, man, like of the eyes or something like that. Yeah. I noticed when you just recently released your uh, Vagabond tribute series, there were like a lot of close-up shots and just like focusing yeah. on a single object. I guess that really, yeah. I can see that you want to do those close-up shots. I couldn't wait for it. All my life, all I wanted to do was like a close-up of the eyes. All my life, dude, this is so <laughs> fun, man. Like, I just wanted to do a shot like that. And it's just, just, I don't know. When you work for games and you're catering your portfolio for games, you cannot have that in your portfolio. Mm -hmm. That's the that's the major difference. You cannot have close up of the eyes, unfortunately. Yeah. Because game art directors they don't understand they won't understand or they won't see the purpose in it. But uh, I don't know, man. Close-ups they, they bear so much power uh, when it comes to storytelling. Obviously, you cannot overdo. If you overdo it, then like the whole movie closes. But like, if you have like a couple of close-ups in your short film, it just brings so much power into it. Then and, and you can see it in your like. When I see the, the first box coming out, it, it's good, and you see like the little dust, like in the, the depth of field. Uh, I was like, man, this night, this guy knows. This guy knows. Uh, thank you, thank you. Yeah, I, I mean, good. even similar to yours, the Vagabond series. I like the way you structured the series because. They are like that. The first shot is just the trees, and there's like it's like a very abstract pattern essentially. And then you, oh, slowly, yeah. you know, start coming to know about the character, Absolutely. and then the camera pulls out. I think that's a very good way where you're getting to express your close-up shots, but you're also telling the story through the sequence. Where whereas if somebody only does the close-up shot, then it's like what what are you doing it for? Actually, there's no particular purpose to it. But I think exactly. the way you sequenced it was quite interesting. So I just wanted to know, like, why did you pick Vagabond? Is that something that you really like, the manga, or how was it? I, I, 
I, I love Vagabond, although I, I've never I've never finished reading it. But uh, I always uh, I read a, a few of the editions of Vagabond. The thing is that um, I I love the art mm -hmm. more, even more. I, I love the the meaning behind it, and I still need to uh, to, to finish it. But I the all the volumes. But I, I just love the art so much, man. And it just spoke to me. Okay, and I really admire the philosophy. Uh, of the main character, uh, I really love the philosophy and the lifestyle, and because it was like a real a real person. Um, but um, it was mostly that, like a combination of like the, the art style that really fascinated me with the philosophy and the the, the life story. I did watch the the movie, the, the original movie. Uh, so it was mostly that. Okay. Do you do you read Vagabond? No, I have not read it. Uh, I'll probably might need to take out some time to read it because I got interested in it when I looked at the sequence that you had really? created. Yeah, so might be worth checking out. Definitely, I'll have to take out some time. Yeah, in, it, it's amazing. In terms of like the amount of time that you spent on it, what was the process like? Did you storyboard the entire thing first, or did you already know the shots that you wanted to recreate? Uh. I, I just knew it. I, I, to be honest, I, which is a good and a bad thing, uh, because uh, I, I, can't, I, 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 envi I envision it in, in my head, mm -hmm. and then I just know, and I get a lot of reference, but and I know exactly what I want to do. And the downside of that is that, uh, first, like from my short film, I like I know all the story, and I know the movie, and I read it. I haven't done the, the storyboard mm -hmm. and uh, and it's kind of dumb because uh, because that's like it's so important that's so important but I always tell myself like oh but I know I know the story I've seen it I, and, and I know it exactly how it's gonna be but uh, the, the storyboard is so important for you to start doing like the effects shows yeah I want to go a bit into your short film as well uh, unless you want to keep it uh, like a bit hidden. No, sure, we, we can we can speak about it. Okay, yeah, because I remember you had released the initial posters a while back now, maybe a year back or a little more than a year back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think the first thing that really struck me was the color. It was like such a popping red, and it immediately get, grabs your attention. And then the character design yeah. was, of course, quite interesting. That it had that film noir esque character design to it, exactly. but in a red background. So, I mean, what's the story like? What's it about? The, the idea for that was, it's pretty much, I am very in, inspired by Inception. Inception mm -hmm. is one of my favorite movies. Okay. And I love the concept like, of going to one drink, to another drink, to another drink. Uh, but on, on this one, the idea was to make like this existential, like, uh, like uh, time traveling heist movie. Not time traveling, it's, uh, it's a heist movie, which is these guys, uh, this, this, this American agency uh, during Cold War, they developed this technology to access early lives. Oh. Uh, so uh, they, they, they got a spy, a Russian spy, and this spy, uh, he, he holds an information uh, for an attack from, from a nuclear attack from a, a Soviet Union. And, uh, um, and this information is stored in his earlier lives. He, 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 for instance, the cool thing in Inception, what I love is that they, they, they could keep secrets in dreams. Right. And my idea, which is very similar, kind of a ripoff, 
like you could store in different lives, uh, over lives, uh, uh, bits of information. You could add like one bit, like a, one sentence from a code in one life, and then the previous life you have another one, like in boxes, all like stuff that are meaningful to the life of the previous life of that person. So you could access the previous lives, and uh, and so the Americans they get this Russian guy. He doesn't tell the information. They try to talk them. They don't give them the information. And then the way they got the, the way they got the information is by accessing his life. So that mask that the that the guy is is the American agent is for him to to it's it's more like it's kind of a gimmick, but it's for him to keep track of what life he is in. Oh, okay, that's so, interesting. So that's the thing. It's so it's pretty much the guy like going through the life of this dude, this Russian dude, Soviet uh, dude. And trying to figure this uh, this bit of information so that we can track it and solve it. That's so that's pretty much the problem. So I, I it's it's a ripoff of Inception pretty much. But <laughs> it's okay. I mean, uh, even if the story is similar, I feel like whenever somebody reinterprets a concept, they bring in their own ideas into it. So even though I think so. one could say it's a similar concept, but then you will interpret it in your way, and that will bring some originality yeah. to it. I plan on doing more abstract, and obviously I won't be showing all these bits because that will be impossible for a short film. Mm -hmm. But it's just going to be some little bits. The guy going from portal to portal, and and at the end he finds like a little cabin in the middle of the woods, like in the in the in the, in the Middle Ages. And inside of that cabin, you get like all this information from the pre present days. Interesting. Uh, uh, and like some costumes from like Roman empires. That's like the house where he, he goes to that life to get like stuff and. That's where he gathers all his uh, secrets, mm -hmm. and from that he jumps from life to life. Oh, that's fascinating. That was the idea. Yeah, and now some director will still attempt to actually do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, once you put the you idea know, out there. Yeah. Sorry, you were gonna say something. No, I was gonna say like in a way, like in a recent Nolan film, I, I saw some of these uh, ideas there. Um, at the end of the day, it's quite interesting because like we are all. If we if we like the same things, we'll it means that we are looking at the same things or very similar things. So that's the the concept like I mind, right? Like yeah. We we consume the same concept and then we will do the same concept. So yeah, I, I start seeing stuff like like this in, in other movies. And I'm like, oh, man, I must I I really I really must do this before someone actually do it because they they talk about the same. Thing. It's not like it's like an amazing concept, but at least this. It's not something that I think it's a cool idea and I have a lot of stuff developed for it. So I just really want to execute it. So you, of course, mentioned earlier that you wanted to kind of do it by yourself, but now you're realizing that you want to build a team around the film. How I missed you... you for a little bit there, dude. Oh, sorry. Can you hear me now? Yeah, yeah I can hear you. Okay. Yeah, so you had mentioned earlier that you wanted to do the film by yourself, but now you want to put a team together and... Basically, yeah. make it a bigger production. Essentially, how how much you did, pretty much. Th that's awesome. I mean, it's. I think that's the way to go because of the amount of work that we're already doing on a daily basis. It's hard to do it by yourself, or quite hard. Yeah. And again, for me personally, I've also looked at other people like Sava Zivkovic, Ashtor, Maciej Kuchiara, who are also Same doing these teams. You know, dude, all the people you mentioned, like I, I follow all those guys. <laughs> yeah, pretty much exactly. Um, you said that you had a talk with them. I oh, sorry, go ahead. I'm sorry. I, I 
No, I mean, I, I just wanted to know, how are you actually going about building this team? Uh, are you reaching out to people in your own studio or have you built up a set of connections over time? How, how was that process for you? At, at the moment, I, I have a couple of options in mind, mm -hmm. um, which is one of them. I have my friend Peter Sutherland. I don't know if, if you know him. Yeah, I know him. He, he also went to FCD. Yeah, he has his own, he has his company and he's trying to develop a short film too. Oh. So at the moment, we are thinking about like joining forces for it. It just might take it might longer might take longer because it's pretty round with word, so that's one of the options. Uh, the other option is that there is actually a production uh, here here in Portugal that uh, that is interested in doing it with me, but I'd much rather do it with my friend okay. uh, because we're actually very close and uh, I love uh, his works and his ideas and he always comes up with that really fresh. Now, P Peter's uh, work is amazing. Actually, when I had just graduated from FZD, Peter gave me a lot of feedback on my work. But then I don't, I never found him on social media. So I kind of lost touch with him. I would yeah, I need to, I, I can get you his, his uh, Skype because he, he left all social media. Oh, okay. But he works a lot, man. He works, he's working a lot with, uh, with Riot. He has his own company, it's like his own team. Mm -hmm. So, but yeah, that's one of the options. Actually, I wanted to ask you how, how you went about gathering your team, man, because that's for me so far. One of the reasons I, I, I didn't get a team was because I just I, I just didn't feel comfortable uh, asking people to work on my dream project <laughs> right. for free, yeah. you know? It's it's hard, yeah. I mean, How did you go about it? I kind of built the team over time. I didn't assemble everyone at the very beginning because yeah. then at that point, you don't even have anything to actually share with them, even what you have developed is at a very rough stage. So I reached out to one of my friends who helped out with the music. There were two guys who did the music. So I reached out to one of them who was already my friend from high school. So started the project with him. And then over time, we kept bringing on a few more people. And all these friends, like I know them personally. So I was able to kind of request them to take out their time. And I guess yeah. what I realized is that if everyone is connected with the idea, then they will be willing to put in their time into yeah. it. But we can't like force or rush anybody to do it fast because obviously it's for free, right? So I've never heard of it. Yeah, so that's the only thing I've been trying to keep in mind when I'm bringing on other people on the project. So how can I maximize the work from my side so that they have to do a very, very specific task and not like a general, so that they don't have a generalist role. They have a very specific role and I do more exactly. of a generalist kind of work, yeah. Yeah, and I think you did a great job on like highlighting them uh, on that project. That, that's really nice, man. Like, they helped you a lot, and you really highlight them. And you make sure that their names are seen, and because I kind of they stay behind that thing. And they did great work. Oh yeah, I think some of these other stuff is really cool. So you can ask a question, which is um, when you approach them, what was your process in? Um, in, in showing them your work, like, did you have like storyboard stuff? Did you have like all read and they're like, dude, we have this idea? Like, so did you have like the whole vision of the movie already? Or yeah, I had I had a rough storyboard mapped out, and I had sketched it out frame by frame. I had like about thirty-five or forty individual shots which were lined up in sequence, and then I was just kind of color grading it using other still frames from movies. So I would just pick out 
some cool cinematography frames from different movies like maybe James Bond or from Denis Villeneuve's nice. movies just blur out the entire frame and drop it just to get a color palette just to get a mood and then i would show it to my friends sorry and i think i missed you that in you were like a sequence like that like it was like a movie done already yeah basically in sequence nice. and then that's when i pitched it to them hey, this is what my idea is this is what mood i'm looking for um would you be interested in working and so then they were good and i mean they were like happy enough to jump onto the project so it kind of built from there and, and how long was that sequence it's like the similar roughly to the same time of your short yeah so at that time so because this was the first time that i was doing something like this right i had no idea how to actually pace a short or how long something should take so initially my idea was to do like a 5 minute or a 7 minute short film but then my art director eric he told me that that's going to take way too long cut it down and then it was a good decision at the end because this itself took me so much time so i cut it down yeah and then over time as i kept developing the edit and refining the edit then the sequence and the time kind of shortened a bit and just got got refined as well as as the music kept developing i could cut to the beat of the music and i guess it was like a back and forth process over time so music came like halfway halfway mm, yeah you could say halfway after music started coming in they would also send me like really rough versions of the music so i would i would edit to the music then they would change the music and then i would change the edit based on that and then sometimes nice. i would want to make the edit a bit different so they would tweak the music so it was quite a collaborative nice. effort that way this night and did you um, and would you do like a really rough uh, really rough previous animations first yeah the the whole movie was done in previous first and then it was redone in like and you use if 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 for that right yeah that's right that's right yeah but i mean i don't want How to go too find... much i don't want to go too much into the short film i want to talk about your work as well so sure know. no no but do that i'm so uh, i'm trained right so that's why actually i as i talking to uh, to you last week okay, because okay. i was so fascinated by what you did and the way you did it uh let me just ask a couple of questions okay no no go for it go for uh, it for example, no no I, i'm really impressed uh, for example like you 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 use cycles right you use mm -hmm. cycles right yeah well did, did you find like if it just wasn't good enough i think for the previous part ev was perfectly good it was super quick and even like i was doing most of the work on my macbook pro at that time so it was like very slow so ev was all i could manage at that point but for the final renders the light just wasn't bouncing correctly you weren't getting that illumination it just didn't feel realistic enough in ev so i had to do it in cycles yeah did you think about doing it in ev first initially I would have liked to do it in EV because purely from the time perspective like the EV renders were happening much quicker obviously but then um after a point it just didn't look good so I thought there's no point trying to rush it and I'll do it in cycles instead. Do you reckon that like at the time like you were using like Blender 2.7 right? 2.7. No no I was using 2.8 at that time. Okay. Because EV developed improved a lot right? Yeah I think over time EV has become really good but then Yeah. I I think it was almost like once a certain set of shots were done in cycles already I didn't yeah, you got to keep that. Yeah. Of course. Yeah, you need to keep stay consistent. Yeah. But cycles is so slow, right? 
I've been, I've been now like I shift, I completely shifted my 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 uh, my process to my workflow to Blender because my all my team works with Blender. Mm -hmm. uh, I was using 3ds Max and V-Ray. V-Ray, I still say, is one of the best and fastest renders, but it's a one reliable in terms of like it breaks a lot when he's doing animations. Like for single renders, it's amazing, mm -hmm. super fast, 4K, super fast in seconds. Uh, but just when it comes to animations, there's so much glitching. I don't know, man. I just, first, like with Evie, the other day I did that animation with a soldier when I was still learning it. And uh, the, the look, I, I was pretty happy with the look. Are you talking about the one honest, that you put yeah. on Instagram? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That looks amazing. I mean, I didn't even realize that was done on Eevee. That's that's really amazing. Yeah, it was Eevee, dude. It took me... Man, I was so... I was so impressed by that software because, like, it took me... I don't think, like, 250 shots. I did them, like, in 10 minutes. Oh, wow. Maybe less than maybe less than that. And I was like... like dude, in, in less than an hour, I had, like, that little thing done, like, in After Effects. And, like, like I was like... Whoa, the power of this software, it's insane. And in the end, I saw like, cool, man. Like if you choose the lights properly, because obviously not every light is gonna work for that. And I did it in, in a Blender 3.0, which uh, the, the depth of field in EV, it's amazing. Okay. It's way better than, because like the depth of field in 2.93, it's like kind of weird. It starts bleeding into the character, but on the 3.0, it's perfect, and and you you can actually do stuff. Uh, the thing that obviously it's still not cycles. It's still not cycles. It cycles. It's so slow. I, I was wondering like how, how we were able to render all these shots. I mean, it was literally like overnight. My laptop was running all the time, pretty much for a year, and it was like whenever I was working on my studio work, even then my laptop would be running twenty four seven, just rendering all the time. And then later on, I invested in a new piece of hardware with much better equipment. Then the render render times became extremely short. Like you're rendering GPU, right? Yeah, now it's GPU. So I got a 3070 a couple of months back in March. I think. Which one? Which one? A 3070. 30, th uh, 37. Nice. Yeah. Very nice. I have two 2080s. Okay. And uh, they do an amazing job. They do an amazing job. The thing is, how long were your renders for those? So just to each, give you each, each, each frame. Yeah, just each to frame. give you a comparison, the frame that was taking about half an hour on my laptop came down to one minute on the on the GPU. So it was wow. like big, big difference. Nice. Yeah. Nice. You really optimize it. I think I got better at optimizing scenes over time because it was a matter of saving time basically. So I was trying to reuse textures and cut down on any extra geometry, any surface distortions. And after a point, I was just designing stuff which is being captured on frame. I wasn't modeling any extra items. I wasn't texturing any extra items. It was just what's being captured in camera. Because when I started the project, I was trying to build like this massive world and trying to fit in every detail. And obviously that's uh, that increases the render time. But then by the end of the project, I was just focusing on what's coming in frame and just designing that. Very exactly. you know, I mean, similar to how they do it in a, a real movie, you know. Exactly. That that's the the thing, that's the mindset that we have when you come from games, like mm -hmm. no, I gotta design the whole world. In movies, nah man, like you, you just focus on that shot, and even if you have like a, a image on a plane, and that's it, man. Mm. No over 
thinking in the, but that's amazing, dude. One minute per render. That, that was like your longest render? Was one minute per render? I think there were a couple of scenes which went into two minutes, 20 seconds, but that was the that was the maximum. But you didn't want to go more than that, right? No, it didn't, it didn't go beyond that. It did not. And what was, what was the longest sequence you rendered? Mm, the longest sequence was, I think, about 250 frames. That The big exterior shot, the establishing shot with the mountains yeah. and stuff. That was probably yeah, yeah, the long, yeah, yeah. longest sequence, yeah. Nice. And did you? That's okay. I actually uh, had a question for you. You were just mentioning okay. that soldier sequence, right? Um, how did you animate and texture that character? Because that was what was fascinating me the most, actually. Dude, actually, although I. I... You mean like the soldier one? Yeah, yeah, the soldier. Yeah. The, the, okay, the thing is that I've been using Mixamo for a long time and I was using Mixamo on my uh, short. Mm -hmm. And Mixamo is amazing. But I wanted to try like a, a native uh, process in Blender. So, dude, I, I literally it was so simple. So, so simple. I just followed the Ian Uber tutorial of like how he animates people. And it's like, like three bones. You know that one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like three bones, like more. Like, I'm just going to do that. And that's what I did. I just applied like three bones to the body. And I just like did the guy doing like this. And there is one moment in which like the the, the rig is, is, is broken and the guy does, does this. <laughs> I'm like, oh man, that, that actually is not bad. It seems like he's like, like going crazy, you know, with the shin. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I kind of liked that, that I you probably used like Mixamo, no? For yeah, your yeah. character animation. I used Mixamo as well. I, I used Mixamo exactly. and then... I kind of exported all the sequences at the at one shot so that I could um, simulate the clothing in Marvelous Designer, and then that exactly. was that was yeah. it. Oh, I remember my question, which was: uh, were you were you rendering like passes, or you wanted like the beauty shot? I I just rendered three passes really. It was the beauty pass, the uh, um, ambient occlusion, and then the Z depth. That's it. I didn't go super crazy. Any other. You don't prefer mist pass or? So, sorry, which one? You, you don't prefer mist pass instead of the Z pass? Yeah, sorry, the mist pass, yeah. I mean, ah, okay, 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 okay. it was just recreating the same effect of the Z depth. Yeah, I, I'm just, I'm asking you a lot of technical questions because I just wanted to wind it. Yeah, yeah, sure. sure, I, sure. I want to know what's the most optimized way of doing this. I think the mist pass is quite good because you can control the scope of how black and how white the depth actually looks like so exactly. it's quite good that way and the question is uh, sorry dude, i, I just popping so many questions because i want i really want to talk to you about this stuff sure sure um, yeah what else what, 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 ah sorry we can move on and now think about it all right. I mean, uh, when you were doing the mentorship with Jama, were you using Blender for that as well? Actually, no. I was using 3ds Max. Oh, okay. I I just I only started using Blender uh, this past month. Ooh. Literally, yeah, yeah, one month. But I I started taking all the tutorials I could. That's I took. Uh, yeah, dude. Like, but it's an easy software. Like, if you understand other 3ds software, like if you understand 3ds Max, that that's like so complicated. Yeah. It's, it's so hard to run that software. 
But if you know a bit of that, then it, it becomes pretty straightforward most of the softwares. Even though Blender is is different, but like if you know if you know the the fundamentals of UV unwrapping, then it's gonna be the same but like with different clicks in Blender and so on and so forth. But I took the uh, Yannerschel's tutorials, that helped me a lot. Mm -hmm. um, Jamas tutorials. Uh, I'm taking all of those. It's been an investment that I did the past month nice. because I really need to. I really wanted to learn this software. Yeah, Yannerschel's tutorials have been insane. I need to go through some more of them. He has a yeah, really, really I good technical it. understanding and visual understanding of just his work in general. So that's yeah. something. I need and, to and how far you can take it? How far you can take it when it's like it's enough? It's good enough mm -hmm. for this job. That's true. That's true. So when you were doing the mentorship with Jama, what what level were you doing? Were you doing the professional one or the intermediate one? Which one was it? At the at the time, we he didn't have uh, that system of oh. like uh, the beginner, intermediate. Yeah. Okay. Actually, I was really lucky because when I did it, was was quite cheap. And later on, I saw a friend. Did you take the course? No, it's too expensive for me right now. Yeah, it became way too expensive. Although, like, props to the guy, man. Like, he he, he deserves it. Jammer really. He not only is an amazing person, he's an amazing artist. And he helps you after. Like mm -hmm. after that, he got me in contact with ILM and Framestore. Wow, nice. Uh, which until today, I really, um, uh, I am really appreciated and grateful for for all his help, man. Like, um, I mean, I'm probably in Frame in Framestore just because he helped me so much. And uh, and to be honest, that his course was what kicked my career into films. Because mm -hmm. until then, I was just stagnant in, in games. And all I wanted since I came from it is working. It's not. I, I I don't play games. I I, uh, I really appreciate the art and all the hard work that goes into it. But all my life, I wanted working for this, and, and that course uh, was was what kickstarted it. That's amazing. And I know that's true also for another for other people. Like my the one guy that came from card design he was a card designer. Okay. He took the course at the same time as me, and he got into friends store as well. Oh wow! And he's my colleague now. He's Pietro. What's his name? Amazing art. Pietro Nume. Amazing art. Okay. How, how was that experience like? I mean, I really want to know because I really would love to take Jama's mentorship at some point. So in terms of the, let's say, pacing of the course, because you guys produce so much work, they're like 10 to 20 shots per student yeah. by the end of it. How do you manage the time and what's the process like? Uh, actually, I was working in Star Citizen. Uh, just before that, mm -hmm. the, you know the game starts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I was working on that, and and I and I and I just I just didn't relate to the game. Unfortunately, I didn't relate to it. I really I made really great friends there. Uh, concept artists, art directors. I love the people there, but I just I just really didn't relate to the game, and I was like, man, it's uh, I'm done with this. I, I I what am I doing? I need to work in movies. And then I need to to shift. I need to shift the paradigm of my life, man. I cannot keep doing this. And uh, I started stop working there. And uh, after I saw after I saw Jamal's course, he announced it. Actually, it was quite interesting because I I decided to to stop working, and and I started researching you know, like any courses like the concept art for moods, and then. Suddenly it showed up. It was the the Jama course. The time it was amazing. Was like, 
wow, this is exactly what I need. My contract was going to be over in June. Mm-hmm. And in June, JAMA's course was going to start. Like, dude, that's exactly what I'm going to do. So I stopped working. I had savings. So I didn't work for six months. I took six months just to learn and to, and to change my portfolio, wow. get, get a portfolio, movie ready. And, and that's what I did. And luckily, I, I, I got a job, man. I got a job working uh, a little money. That's amazing. Uh, no, actually, I got, sorry, I got the job one year later. Mm-hmm. I, I, I started doing uh, freelance six months later. Sorry, that I, I, I got confused. Six months later, I started doing freelance because I needed the money, but yeah. I got the portfolio already. Okay, okay. Uh, but I kept developing the portfolio, but one year later, I, I, got, the, I got the job. You know, this is what's really interesting to me because I remember when you dropped that whole series of work, it was like some creature in a hospital yeah, kind of situation. And yeah, yeah, I was reimagining the, the thing. The yeah, yeah, exactly, the thing. So when I saw that work, I was like, well, I mean, how are you managing so much work? But now that you explained that you had taken some time off and you were focusing yeah. on it, now it makes a lot more sense. I think it's important for people to realize that even exactly. professional artists take time off to just work on their portfolio in that manner. And that time is fundamental, man. Mm. Like, it's extremely hard to do stuff if you have a full job. Like, what you did, uh, having a full job, a full-time job, and do the... That's really hard. That's, it's not, not, not any person has that, uh, uh, that capacity. And, uh, and again, that's what I admire. Like, you kept your job, and, and you still were able to, to nail that short film. And uh, that's, uh, uh, it's very admirable that you were able to do that. To be fair, though, I, did uh, take, I did take breaks in between. Like I did take a couple of weeks and a month or two in the middle to just take a break yeah. from the project so that I don't get burnt out. That's great. That's great. That's great. Yeah, bur- burnout, it's, it's, a, it's a real thing. It's a real thing. The, the scary thing of those breaks is that uh, Sometimes it can take really long time and you lose track of them. And I speak by myself. You take breaks of that personal project and suddenly when you come back to it, it feels, it feels alien. You're like, how was this? Where did I leave it? Mm-hmm. Or because you, you took a, like a great job, like you got the opportunity to work like on a really cool movie or game. And then, okay, I'm, I'm going to stop working on this for a couple, three months so I can focus on this uh, big client. And then you come back. Yeah, I think like we were talking about earlier that um, organizing your work well is quite important and making lists and making making a timetable basically for yourself, a production schedule so that you can follow that. Yeah. That's quite when I ask you the the hashtag question, are you are you a big list guy? Oh yeah, I'm a very, very big list guy. I have like tons of lists nice. for everything. Yeah. How about you? Really? No, not at all, man. Not at all. Yeah, no, that's probably why I haven't done my, my short film. <laughs> because I'm not a list guy at all. Man. I think it helps. It's just, it's just tough for me. The, 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 the way of thinking, the super structured way of thinking, just, it's just tough for me. I think it comes but because, it I mean, I have my background in architecture as well. So just the way you plan out a project in architecture, it's always like very systematic and stuff like that. So right from then I had that tendency to plan stuff out. So I think it just continued. 
that's awesome yeah so uh, something i really wanted to talk to you about was when i just look at your art station specifically there are like such a variety of styles different kind of projects different kind of themes in terms of your visual library how are you able to adapt to so many different types of projects really i think uh, uh, thanks man first of all um, i i i think that uh, it comes a lot from again like watching a lot of content like mm-hmm. consuming a lot of content like I, i can watch cartoons i can watch like lame movies i can watch like terror films like, i i just really love the medium i love watching movies and uh, whatever i do whatever style i do i can have it is to go to like a movie or an animation uh, but then the i think uh, and also like we come from a background of like uh, design right like in fcd you are taught to be like a, a designer and not like a illustrator it's not like it's i i reckon it's really cool like down the line develop your own style and all this stuff but i don't know if the day we are designers and we are hired to to the world kind of and variety type of stuff so it comes a lot from the okay. from the background in school and watching a lot of Constantly a lot of different content. That's interesting. And I think you're, you're probably the same. You're probably the same, right? Yeah, I mean, even I consume a lot of movies all the time. You know, just picking out different shots and different themes which connect to me. And I guess, is there any particular style that you really enjoy? Like, is it more towards the futuristic side of things or more fantastical side of things? Is that something that you really connect with? Yeah, to be honest, the, the movies that I like the most. I could never work on them mm-hmm. uh, because, like you were saying before, it, it's just uh, I, 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 for it's like Twelve Angry Men. Oh, okay. uh, I absolutely love those kind of movies, uh, and I, I just thought, uh, uh, like, out of my head, I, I thought about that because we would never do concert art for like <laughs> yeah, movie, right? it's like not. And just a room, it's just a room, and like twelve dudes and. And I just love that that kind of like existential talks and uh, cinematography was beautiful. But I, I love that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I absolutely love that kind of stuff. And I would love to do stuff like that one day. Um, but yeah, <laughs> it's it's interesting, right? Like yeah. we really appreciate this kind of content and. Uh, you probably would never work on it do you think that acts as let's say additional motivation for you to make those kind of movies on your own i think so man i think so like like you you have this desire like okay i have this desire of this very simple this very simple but this there been like this uh, the close up of the eyes and and you 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 go by your life Having this desire of doing this kind of stuff, and you don't do them, and if you don't do it, it's always on the back of your head. Like I've been having this concept of this short film in the back of my head, like every day for the past two years, pretty much. And I think if I don't do it, either either it will drive me crazy or I'll become depressed. I don't know. I just I have to do it, no matter what. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be done. I'm really what looking forward about? to it. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, thanks. So now uh, when I I mean again like just coming back to the professional work that you've done in terms of project wise was there something that you found difficult because 
it's one thing to be able to adapt to the projects, but sometimes you run into these roadblocks, even professionally, where some scenes are just not working. And especially if I consider myself when I was a junior in my first year of work, I would run into those problems quite often where I didn't know how to proceed. How, how have you tackled those situations over the years? Hmm. Yeah, that's a good question too. I think, uh, well, a good friend of mine once said, at FCD, says something super interesting. I never forgot. Which was, some days you just gotta, you just gotta do your best worst. Just that, you just gotta do your best worst, and your best worst still needs to be professional. Mm -hmm. um, still needs to be quality, high level quality industry, and that's what I think a lot of times. And some days nothing is working. But I power through, and I and I'm confident that my best words will still be acceptable for the client. And uh, and I think that's something that uh, that upcoming artists really have to have that in mind. That your worst day still needs to be professional uh, enough. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that's really important. How do you how do you go about it? It's kind of the similar as you. I mean, you just have to almost be professional about it. And I think. What, something that I've learned over the last three years now, I've been working for three years only, so it's not that long a time. But earlier, so. earlier I would get very worried that, hey, today is just not working out well at all. I'm fucking up majorly. But now, now I've realized that, okay, sometimes the day just doesn't go well. It's not something to worry about so yeah. much. Just put in the best work and come back properly the next day. Yeah, don't get me wrong though. I still stress a lot. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, still stress I mean, a lot. Sometimes so. I'm like, Oh my god! Am I gonna be fired because of this shitty <laughs> painting that I'm doing? Um, and you gotta know, man. You cannot be rejected a lot of times. I think, I think, like if you get rejections constantly, yeah, you, your job might be on the line. So again, it's like your best worst. You need to. It still needs to be acceptable. Even, even uh, if the artwork's not good, like we were taught in FC, the idea is to be good. Mm -hmm. Uh, and has to be fresh, and there is method, and as you know, there is methodologies to achieve those ideas yep. uh, through brainstorming, and uh, just, there's just ways of doing it, and at least that has to work. Mm -hmm. So, how long have you been working for professionally at this point? I've been working. I'd say I left FCD, F, F, FCD at in 2014. And I reckon I started working six months after that at Crytek in Germany. Nice. So it was 2015. Okay. So from 2015 till now, I oh, think wow. I would say the competition has increased quite a bit in the past five years for sure. So much. Yeah. So I mean, what do you think the younger artists who are just trying to break into the industry, what kind of mindset do they need to have to not get discouraged early on? I think uh, the comp there's a lot of competition, but uh, there's also still a, a lot. There's a, a lot of jobs. Mm -hmm. I reckon. I reckon there's a lot of work, and uh, even for mobile, and you gotta start somewhere. There's no shame in working in mobile games. And like you know, when when you come out of FCB, a lot of people have this stigma, and, and I had it as well. Like, and I, I, if I'm gonna work on a mobile game, I rather not do it. <laughs> right. And. Uh, Although it's like this, um, if you're not going to work on a mobile game, at least 
keep developing your portfolio. Just make sure your portfolio is like is as good as as our station level, like the, the best works training on this. And uh, I think uh, competition is a lot, but if you're good, you'll get hired. Mm-hmm. There's so much work, There's so much work. from mobile games to games to movies to 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 music music events to uh, roller coasters stuff like that there's so much uh, it, our job is so in demand yeah i guess you have to but you have to keep seeking out like you have to be proactive on social media especially i feel yeah. to put your work out there nowadays you need to be very proactive mm-hmm. you got to show yourself you really got to show yourself if you don't show your if you don't show yourself just no one know, will know that you exist, and you gotta put your work everywhere, mm-hmm. which is a bummer. I hate being on so, on social network, and that's something that I want to talk with you because you do it pretty well as well. But uh, it's just so time consuming and uh, it's so distracting. But it's neither. It's at least to, to get a job, yeah, and to just get started. Man. Once you get started, you can do like Pete and and then delete all your social network presence but uh, at the beginning it's just no chance yeah i mean that's the way the industry works i think you almost have to treat it like part of the job and not something different and then the mindset yeah, is like exactly. hey, it's just something i have to do today and yeah. exactly exactly 100% is part of the job and uh, okay uh, initially i hated doing 3d like probably most people i hated doing 3d but it's part of the job and if you don't learn it you become obsolete mm-hmm. And I mean, now you've become really good at 3D because a lot of your designs have these intricate architecture and intricate designs oh, within that. Thanks, thanks. I, I think I feel think I, I'm still not very great at modeling because mm-hmm. uh, you can get so many models out there. Uh, but I, I just I get by. I get by. I, I think it's important to very important thing is to know how to render images and to assemble things because there's so much assets. Yeah. free and others that you can buy online that that's something that's an interesting topic that you brought up because i see this in terms of workflow using kitbash parts and just models ready made is quite good for efficiency but do you think at a certain point it dilutes the design of what you're trying to create very much so man very much so and that's and that's been the, the 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 main problem in the recent years with the Kitbash and, and uh, uh, other platforms. But what happens is if if you don't have the background in design, then obviously you're gonna take those assets and you just you're gonna push butcher mm-hmm. butcher them, and it's you're not gonna bring anything new for the table. But uh, you just gotta use them creatively and, and put them. And, and add them like maybe as a background noise, you know, like you need houses on a city and then them, it can, it really cannot be your main focus. Right. right? Like your, your, your main focus is you still always have to design. No matter what, you gotta, you gotta design it and you gotta spend the time. But uh, the, this stuff, I find them amazing. If, if mostly as like, a, as a way to, to assemble a scene and to, to get started because Modeling can take so long. Mm-hmm. But first, like if you if you want a Porsche in your scene, you're not gonna be modeling a Porsche. We we all know this. We've seen that done in many videos. But um, but like your character, 
needs to be modeled by you because that's like the essence of the, the subject matter. Yeah. It's mostly that. But yeah, you see a lot of stuff. But it's always going to be like this, man. As soon as someone releases a new tutorial, which is super accessible, you will see like tons <laughs> of like yeah. iterations and copies of that. But people have to start somewhere. You have to start somewhere. Yeah, like probably my short film is like a ripoff of Insert. And you gotta start somewhere and find your voice. It's okay. It's That's fine. true. You just you really need to snap from it eventually. You you cannot stay like that forever. Yeah, I guess that technical development and idea development has to happen at the same time. You have to keep training both yeah. sides. Exactly. Something interesting about your work I find is that you have like a pretty good mixture of character design as well as environment design work. And I think that's quite rare because people tend to generally focus on one thing quite a bit and specialize in that. Was there any particular reason right from the beginning that you decided you want to have characters and environments? Yeah, I think it, it's, it's always been the, the thing that speaks to me the most. Um, I always love to draw characters. Always. Since I, kid, I thought I was going to be a character artist when I started the concept. But, but then... Yeah, yeah, when I went to FCD, like, I'm going to do my characters. But, but then I discovered that um, through painting environments and conceptualizing environments, you, you can build a world and, and you can start doing like, uh, like shots, like movies. And that's when I started, in, when things started teaching like environments, I'm like, man, this looks like a movie shot. Like, what the fuck? This is what I want to do. Right. I want to. I, I like characters, man. But the environment is the shit, man. Like you can put characters, you can put props, and uh, yeah, it's that's been a uh, thing that I like the most too. It's been. Uh, it, 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 I've been. I've been pretty, pretty, uh, uh, pretty lucky with it. I've been having a lot of work mm -hmm. with those with, with that kind of stuff. I, I've never needed to do vehicle design. I never need to do props because I'll I'll really suck at it. Vehicles, I'll, man, don't ask me to do a gun or to do a vehicle because I, man, I'll do my best, but mm -hmm. it, it's just gonna be okay. It's just gonna be good enough for the movie scene uh, to work as a whole. It's like the holistic approach of things. Yeah, especially vehicle design. I think it requires so much knowledge about how. Just the proportions, so I think, much. that's so important. Yeah, man, so much. And so much, uh, so 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 many more notions of design that just as a concept artist, you just, you just you're not taught. To me. It's a whole different branch, man. And gun design as well. Mm -hmm. You just, you need you need to know so much about this, this uh, functionally and conceptually. I mean, we are taught how to do it, right, in FCD, but if you've never done it, it's, it's going to be tough. I guess that's where the passion aspect comes in. Like, what are you really passionate about in terms exactly. of one yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, totally. totally. Yeah, like, at the end of the day, you got to do what, what it comes natural to you. Yeah. No matter what, like, you can struggle and you can fight. And I really, I really want to... And why? Why you want to be good at Why you want to do it? Is it because you want to prove someone that that you can do it as well? Because mm -hmm. I've been there in the past when I started working. Uh, people would give me shit like, "Oh, you can only do environments." I'm like, no, no, I can do it. 
problems. They just give me the chance to do it, and I'll prove it now. And then I'll be like, fuck. <laughs> it just doesn't, I just don't like doing it. Right. You know, it just no, 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 not only doesn't come natural, I just don't like it. When I do an, a bad I see in a bad I see bar, at the end, I'm like, I'm fulfilled. Mm-hmm. I feel like, I like this. But if, if someone asks me to do a prop or just stand alone. Um, yeah, it just it won't just won't speak to me. On the other hand, it's stuff that you you, you need to be aware of how to do this kind of stuff because you never know when the, the the opportunity arises and and you might need to do it. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, you shouldn't be completely closed off to the opportunity. That's quite true. No, no, that's that's not good uh, either. Uh, but you need to know what you like, man. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when you make that choice, when you wanted to move into the film industry and basically stop working in a game studio, I can't imagine that might have been an easy situation because you were working in a pretty big company and it's never easy to give up a job which has that kind of a consistency. And you've obviously shipped very big titles from the studio as well. What was the thought process like at that time, you know, how did you plan the financial side of it, the mental side of it? What was the thought process? So for me, my my thought process to have enough money to pay rent. Okay. If I have enough money to pay rent for six months, because I was also doing freelance on my on the side. Mm-hmm. So if I have enough money to pay rent for like six months, then I'm good. I mean, I have stable freelance clients. These guys like me. I, I have worked at the time I was working with a company called Volta. I don't know if you know them. Sorry, if okay. I'm kind of oh, uh, okay. Volta, uh, yeah. Vo- Volta. Right, Volta. Right, right, yeah. And uh, and I knew that man, in case I need, uh, they they will they, they will give me job. They will give me job. Also, uh, my girlfriend, she she was also working as a dentist actually in, in the UK. So man, if anything goes wrong, then she she will take it. <laughs> Although uh, my ego side told me like I'll I won't be working, but I'll, I will still pay the rent. Because uh, I, I, if I if I'm too comfortable, I'll get lazy and nothing happens. So if I put myself in uncomfortable situations, mm-hmm. stuff okay. happens somehow. Definitely. So I don't want to take up too much more of your time. I just want to touch upon two quick topics. So uh, it's fine, dude. I'm totally fine. All right, all right. Uh, you recently went into the NFT world as well. You released a couple of NFTs. How's that experience been like for you? Terrible, man. Absolutely <laughs> terrible. I don't sell anything. Okay. I don't sell anything, man. Uh, it, it requires uh, a lot of presence on Twitter, mm-hmm. for, first of all. You need to be constantly there, man. I, I, I've heard stories of people spending like 22 hours on Twitter, like back and forth, and in order to sell stuff. Yeah. And uh, it, it's just... Uh, it's just I hate Twitter. And, and if it meant for me that I would sell uh, some stuff, it meant to me, for me to be on Twitter, I, I, I don't care, honestly. Like, if it sells, cool, it sells. I, 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 I still will do some, uh, some publicity for those words that are there, but if it's not, it's fine. I, I, I don't know, they, doing things for money only, I don't think it's a great idea either. I was so consumed by it. I saw people like Ben Morrow selling millions. Yeah. So like for two millions or something. 
And I was like, man, maybe I can retire at 28 years old. We'll see. <laughs> but uh, when you do stuff only for money, usually, at least with me, it doesn't, doesn't end well. So I like, fuck it. I'll, I'll, I'll still focus on, I'll, I'll keep focus on my short film and doing cool stuff, stuff that I like generally. Uh, yeah, that's a very What you think? Did, that's a oh, mature sorry, way of looking at it because even I felt the same thing. Like there was that anxiety. Yeah, you approached me. Yeah. Unfortunately, I didn't have invites. Man. Yeah, I mean, it, it's almost like after that initial hype and my mind died out, and then that's when I went back to the short film because like, like you, when, when you look at so many people succeeding so much, you obviously want to be part of that. It's natural to feel that way. Yeah, man, and, and it's a great concept behind it. Yeah. The concept behind it is really cool. Finally, like, digital art is valuable. And I love the philosophy behind it, but, like, our stuff is not valuable there, unfortunately. The concept that this, the kind of stuff we do, it's not valuable. Yeah. And at least for now. Maybe eventually there will be market for it. I thought with Station opening NFTs, uh, there would be a marketing for it, but... Uh, they, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that went. Uh, they back down. <laughs> yeah. Although there are That's a few, I mean, there are some concept artists doing quite well. Like, um, very true. Andre Wallen, Pascal Blanche. I mean, those John guys. John Park. Been, yeah, John Park. Uh, yeah, Nerd. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. They they sell a lot. Ben Maru. Of course, Mar I mean, definitely. I actually yeah. <laughs> really like the way Mache Kuchera approached it. Like, he didn't jump into it immediately, but he made yeah. a much bigger collaboration i think i think that's the way to really approach it where you're creating something totally. new essentially rather than 100 percent 100 percent dude it's gotta be uh, a passion project mm. if you don't do it as if you just do it like i did which is like just shoot your words there then it will be relevant you just gotta do some collaboration so just at the end of the day man like it's an amazing opportunity to to do some groundbreaking stuff, right? Like yeah. Some people are starting to do music, NFT music, and uh, man, like maybe we can start a new medium with this stuff. Mm -hmm. Who knows? It, 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 but we all went, believe me, we all went and just tried to do the easy stuff. Just put the words there, stuff that I, that I recycled, and I'll make some money with it. Uh, which in a way is, is a bit arrogant from, from my side to do something like that. But I, I just, I got consumed by it, mm. but uh, not anymore, not anymore. Until the next thing, until the next thing appears. <laughs> yeah, that's true, that's true. Definitely, I think that passion project point that you brought up is quite important because then you, then you know that you're doing that because you enjoy it and it's not just to sell it as an NFT because would you still do it if it's not being sold as an NFT? I think that's an important question to ask first. Yeah. One thing I knew for sure. I didn't want to do paintings with Ethereums and Bitcoins. Oh, man. And no, yeah. That was one thing like, no way, man. I'm going to treat this as art. <laughs> the people that did that shit, they didn't sell them. Man, they must be feeling really bad. Yeah, it's a, it's uh, an interesting thing but I think the cool thing is also coming across a lot of new artists like I found out about so many new artists that I'd never heard of before through the NFT community essentially that's true 100% 100% and again I don't I don't judge people for doing that mm -hmm. for doing that like, dude Ben Maro did 2 millions like by doing it uh, John Park was doing loads of money like 
fuck, dude. Go for it, man. You're, I'm totally for you to make money. Yeah. I, I did similar things. I just, for me, I knew that art-wise, I could never put an Ethereum on it. Uh, it was just like that's where I I draw drew the line. Draw the line, yeah. Yeah. Did you get an uh, Did you get on NFTs eventually? Yeah. So I got onto the platforms, but I never minted anything yet because, again, I didn't want to mint what I already had. I wanted to make something from scratch, do it for that right. particular community, and see how that works out. So I'm still planning something. It's in the works. Yeah. But, yeah. I think I think it, there is still opportunities there, man. NFT will always be there. Yeah. Um, it's a. I still think uh, cryptocurrency NFTs are the future, mm-hmm. and it's there for us to grab. And it's awesome that we got there early, and we we have time to think about ideas how to integrate. Um, we'll see, man. We'll see. It's not like I completely. Uh, uh, gave up on it. Mm-hmm. I, if it sells, it sells, and if a cool opportunity arises, let, let's let's do it. Let's do it. But I don't want to do it just for the money. Mm-hmm. That I know. That's true. That's true. Not anymore. I did it at the beginning. I did just for money. So you know, just through the NFT scene, I was listening in on some of the clubhouse talks and stuff like that, and it was quite interesting. I mean, people who are really deep into the crypto world, they were talking about how the connections with the metaverse and stuff like that. So it was quite fascinating just to learn more about that side of the technology as well, because until that point, we are just locked into this concept art industry only, and we're not thinking anything outside that. So I think it was a good way to just shake things up in my mind as well, whether true, I'm making money true. or not. You know? that, that That's very true, man. I, th- I thought it was also cool for completely random people to be exposed to what we do. Mm, that's true. I think that's cool, man. Some some of these uh, collectors they would see ourselves, like, and and some of them actually they like concept art, and it, that, that is interesting, like that mix of uh, worlds. Yeah, um, that was really cool. I think in one of the earlier episodes of the art department podcast with Jan or Shell and Emmanuel, yeah. Emmanuel brought up an I interesting point. Oh yeah, that's a first of all a brilliant podcast and a lot of interesting yeah. insights. He brought up this interesting point that nowadays concept art, like the AAA realistic style, looks so realistic that a collector may not even realize it's a painting or a concept. They might look at it as a photograph. It, it, it cut there a little bit, dude. Sorry. It, it cut for a little oh, bit. sorry. Uh, can you hear me now? Yeah, yeah, I can, I can. Okay. So what I was saying was like Emmanuel mentioned this point that because of how realistic concept art looks like nowadays, a collector may think that it's a photograph and not treat it like a piece of artwork. And exactly. that makes a big difference exactly. in how they perceive it, you know? But it, that was an interesting the, the, point. That's very true, man. And the, and the sad thing is that I saw on NFTs, and maybe it will happen. Mm-hmm. Maybe that step will happen. But I saw on NFTs a way for, for our words to be exposed and for people to see, like, like for instance, like the art world at the moment. It's, it's a bit weird, man. Like you, 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 like in galleries and the art culture, traditional world, it's very weird. It's it's in a very abstract and subjective, um, very present, uh, pretentious uh, way. Yeah. Very pretentious. And I thought that NFTs would be a way for, uh, like a renaissance, a renaissance for art. Like good, it's not that not saying that our stuff is it's amazing, but I'm saying that 
man, we spend a lot of time in these wars and a lot of craftsmanship mm -hmm. goes into this thing. And uh, I know a lot of concept art, not so much what I do, but I know a lot of illustrators, amazing guys. That, fuck, those guys deserve so much money for what they do. Like Pascal Blanchet, the guy like this. They deserve so much money for what they do. Their stuff is way better than any uh, conceptual, conceptual life yeah. there is out there. And I thought maybe this is an opportunity. Maybe now art is going to change uh, with people delivering amazing stuff. But then you go into a foundation, the foundation happened. Again, the same trend continues. Like absolute bullshit been selling there for so much money. And that that was a bit sad for me. But we'll see. Maybe with time things will change. Again, I think a big aspect of it was like concept art industry artists came into that NFT world only very recently. But some of these guys have been doing this for like two years already. So that True. connection with the collectors was far deeper compared to the new artists. Absolutely. I think that makes a big difference. Absolutely. Absolutely. But yeah, interesting possibilities ahead. I think quite a lot of interesting possibilities. Yeah. Uh, I got a question for you. You said that you're thinking about your next short, short film. Yeah. How's that going? It's going interesting. Can you speak I mean, a little bit about it? or Yeah. I mean, I can talk a little bit about it because it's actually based off one of the final projects that I had done back in FZD. So it's basically, oh, nice. yeah. Oh, let's see, let's see your final blog. <laughs> <laughs> sure, you can have a look at it. I think a little bit of it might be on ArtStation. I removed quite a few paintings though, so. I yeah, I removed everything from <laughs> I can Let send it to you later as well. Okay, but okay, is it label design? Not on it. No, it's not that one. Forsaken Flame. Pilgrimage. It's called Spirit Code. Uh, spirit. Your, your stuff from Strangers in the Ocean, Ocean was so impressive. Oh, thank you. I remember seeing you turn the website. Dude, it's still old. It's still, it's still, it's still really good. You did an amazing job. Appreciate. I was so impressed. Like fuck, an FCD student doing like stuff like stuff so long. Yeah, I sent it to you on the chat. Oh yeah, this one. Okay, this one. This this is the one I was saying. Cool man, this is awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, of course, the design is going to evolve quite a bit from there because this is like a very immature look at this point. I mean, it, the idea is there, but it looks quite silly. I think a lot of things need to be improved. But no, the, the the potential is there, right? The the the, the idea is there. Hmm. So. It's, it's, it's almost like I'm stuck in two minds, you know, like uh, part of me wants to do like a very hardcore science fiction story similar to what I had done back then. Yeah. But I feel like to get that kind of extreme realism, I still need to push my ability a bit more because I don't want to do it like semi-realistic or something like that. Like it needs when it comes out, then it needs to be really, really polished. So that's why I'm leaning towards doing the other story first, which is based in the Spirit Code universe. So actually, I wrote the script for that story last year when the lockdown in India had just started because we had a couple of days off from the studio. So I was just trying to plan out the story. And now that the first film is done, I think I'm going to go back into that world and start refining the story first. And I guess I want to do it in a bit more methodical, methodical manner, you know, like have a storyboard done much earlier, 
write down a script, refine that story a bit more first. So yeah. How, how do you write the script? Do you, do you just type it or do you have like a, the script, the way that actual scripts are like? Yeah, yeah, there are like these free apps that you can find online, which just, um, as you're typing it, it formats it like a script, like a proper movie script. Nice. Because I wanted so to do like Yeah, it should look like a script basically so that I can read it like a script. Ah, nice. Dude. Yeah, yeah. That, that's also impressive for people that collaborate with you. You're just sending them. Exactly. I think it looks professional. It allows people to understand what's happening as well. Yeah. And so do that. Go ahead. Sorry. No, sorry no, go, go, go for it. Go for it. No, you, you go. You go. You finish. You okay. um, so what I was saying was like, just by finishing this first film, I think a lot of people have now started reaching out to me to collaborate as well, you know, for the next yeah. short film. So I think that's been a big blessing for me that the next time when I start putting a team together, I think I'll be more comfortable to approach people and that'll be a good, good thing. Definitely, man. man you, you you have a portfolio, now, right? You have a portfolio of the of your short film. That's really cool. You, I, I saw that. It, I saw that you. I think I saw that somewhere. That you you got to talk with Mashak Shiar, the watch store. So did they advise you about this stuff? No, I didn't get to speak to him personally or anything of that sort. It was ah. mostly just. I have like I listened to these podcasts with Ash Mache on repeat basically yes, so yes. i'm just kind of relearning whatever they have said i haven't had a chance to talk to them personally but i have spoken to sava a couple of times just on chat on yeah. instagram so i spoke to sava as well he's also very very guy. helpful so i'm just kind of picking their brains basically all the time trying to learn and i saw that you plan on uh, shifting to redshift now i want to yeah that's that's kind of like a goal for the next film as well to learn a new nice. tool and learn a new workflow as well but Let's see. I mean, it's it's like a thing I would like to do, but it's not something that's decided for sure. Redshift is super realistic, man, and super fast. I really like it. But which software would you would you do? I guess it would have to be done on uh, Cinema 4D because it doesn't. I mean, there's no Redshift for Blender yet. Unless they release a Redshift for Blender, then that'll be amazing. Yeah, Redshift is really really great. How about you? I mean, have you played around with other engines like Octane? And I mean, you said you've worked on V-Ray as well. How is that? How yeah, is it different for yeah. you in all these? Uh, until yeah, until now, I always worked on V-Ray, and uh, the quality that you achieve on V-Ray is uh, it's like film quality. Mm -hmm. uh, I've tried Octane. Octane is really cool as well. I tried Redshift for a while too. Redshift was quite easy. Very similar to V-Ray. Okay. Super super similar. Very cool, but I just felt like um, the the quality I was getting from Redshift to V-Ray is very similar. V-Ray, Octane, Redshift, they're all very similar software. The thing that changed the most was like 3ds Max. The 3ds Max are just, like I was saying, like I was getting a lot of glitches. And that's another question that I was wondering to ask. Which like, for instance, like, I would spend like, th like three hours or four or five, eight hours rendering a scene. And then it would be like full of glitches. What kind of glitches are you talking about? Are you talking about like missing pixels or like what, what kind of a glitch? Yeah, the missing pixels, um, uh, images uh, glitching behind, like, like that's the thing. Like a lot of times in this in these softwares, you have to optimize. In you have to optimize a lot mm -hmm. in order to not get these glitches. And uh, and at the end of the day, no matter what you did. 
in order for you to avoid glitches as much as possible, you really would have to render like for a long time. You'd go for like the brute force. Yeah, brute yeah, force yeah. Of the, I mean, you need to crank up the sample size quite a bit to get that. Yeah, exactly. But then, but then again, sometimes I'll get like, a, a, the renders just be too long. And that's the question I wanted to ask. Did you, did you get a lot of problems like that on, on Blender cycles? No, I wouldn't say that there were any glitches as such in Blender. But the problem was that, you know, the noise pattern that is generated on a noisy image. So because we were rendering out like a sequence of frames, right? So the noise pattern changes from frame to frame. So that was creating like an artificial film grain effect on the scene itself. So that was you mean sorry the the denoise sorry yeah the denoising essentially the denoise oh, wasn't working yeah, 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 well yeah. it was kind of blurring out exactly. some of the details and stuff like that so that exactly was, yeah, exactly wasn't that good yeah so the only way to counter that was to really increase the sample size by the end of the project yeah yeah did you use denoise a lot yeah I mean when I was working on the MacBook the only option was to denoise because otherwise the noisy image was way too noisy to use properly. And on your other machine? On the other so machine, I was using one? the Optics denoiser, and that was much better. I, I find I find that uh, denoise is really cool, and I and I really like the denoise in uh, the Optics one. The things that it just it, sometimes, man, when you fully render the image and you render it without the denoise, uh, it's you see like those extra details that show up that denoise don't show. Right. Yeah. 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 But uh, do those details really matter? Probably not. I don't think so. I think that's also, that's a good point that you bring up because when you're playing something at 24 frames per second, it'll just go away so quickly, you will not even notice it. So it's important not to get stuck on that one pixel. That's, you know? that's, a, that's, that's so point. true, man. That's so true. And I think I'm, I'm to blame for that because, yeah. Yeah. When you see things moving, yeah. suddenly your brain shuts off all those, like, it's just instantly realistic for mm -hmm. some reason. But I think it's a natural thing because, see, we work in 2D predominantly. All our work is in 2D. Yeah. So we are used to, let's say, scanning every pixel of the frame to make sure it's perfect. True. And that's just, True. it's a good thing as well because then you can find uh, like problems in lighting, problems in texturing. You can do that fast yeah. as well. And the funny thing is that I was re-watching your, your, um, your short on my big screen because I, I watched like a couple of times on my cell phone and on the big screen. And, and I noticed some glitching mm -hmm. uh, issues like on lights, but it really doesn't matter. Like it didn't take me off the experience. Mm -hmm. I still thought it was really cool. The concept was there. And I was like, fuck, like, why did I bother so much with this little bit? <laughs> it's really not necessary. I mean, if you can uh, fix them, it's cool. But if not, like, and it's not like you're not gonna be able, you, you won't finish your project just because of that. And that was cool to see, man. Yeah, I mean, I'll and be I honest. I, I noticed a few glitches as well, but for me, it was like I just don't have the time to re-render those sequences. Yeah. It was just yeah, literally yeah, yeah. that, you know. But you don't have many. I'm not saying it's very late. Only a couple of times you have, and it's not like it's like mostly when there is light. Mm. Like, again, it's like the sample thing. But man, it's such a first. Like I'm, I'm watching it now. Like like the dust you 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 added like in. In post. Yeah, yeah, that was added in post. Obviously. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. And uh, use DaVinci Resolve, right? So I used DaVinci Resolve for the previous, but then the final oh. was done in After Effects and Premiere Pro because the workflow between Premiere and After Effects is very, very good. 
you can just yeah. um, like everything that you do in After Effects automatically updates into Premiere Pro. So it just made more sense to do it on that. Awesome. Yeah. And you and you use Premiere Pro just to, to comp all the movie and. Uh, yeah. So I use. So what I did was oh. I first did the en entire edit on DaVinci Resolve because it was very easy to color grade frames on there. So I just nailed down the look in DaVinci and I nailed down the edit as well so that I know exactly where each cut or each transition happens. And then I recreated that inside inside Premiere Pro. And then from Premiere Pro, there's a way to like export a dynamic link into After Effects where any change that you make in After Effects automatically updates in Premiere Pro. So that's the And way. what you would be doing in After Effects would be like, um... Like, like what did you what would you be doing like composing the mist pass and like stuff like that yeah exactly so the mist pass uh ambient occlusion pass dust smoke whatever all those additional effects and then basically accentuating the key elements like adding slight depth of field or adding like let's say vignetting on certain frames adding a little bit of glow those kind of things it wasn't too much of post-production. It was just more of tying things together. Yeah. Of course. Did the depth of field that you, that you do, uh, was it in the beauty pass or did you did it later? Uh, which pass? Which particular part? Uh, the depth of field. Did, did you do the depth of field in, uh, in post or you, and you, or you rendered it to the depth of field already? Um, most of the depth of field was in the beauty pass itself. It was captured from nice. the original frame but if i wanted to maybe push certain elements then it was just done inside after effects yeah and and i noticed that you you did some pretty cool uis did you take the ashtar course for the uis no 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 so the ui was done by a friend of mine uh akshay really yeah so he wow. he's like a proper ui designer and he i such a great job it yeah did. he did an amazing job on that because i have no idea how to do those things and he He's like super into sacred geometry and UI and interface designs. So, oh, so cool. We just kind of developed that together. And he did a lot of work in Houdini. And he basically took the models that I had and then he interpreted his own designs and created those animations inside Houdini and After Effects. So cool. Man. Oh, dude, I can't wait to see your next one. Thank you. Yeah, it should be fun. Can't wait. <laughs> so how about you? I mean, now that... I know you want to go and go deeper into your short film as well. Like, how do you think you can refine your process further and may, maybe ensure that it gets done quicker, essentially? I, I really, I want to rewrite it and I want to storyboard it. Okay. Um, and, uh, and, uh, and, I, and I want to create, uh, I want to create like deadlines mm -hmm. uh, for each month. And I gotta do that. I gotta do it. Like similar to the way we learned it in FCD the last semester, you gotta apply the deadlines and like each week you gotta have like this done. Uh, how, how did you do yours, by the way? How did you organize yourself? Um, it was quite similar. It, it wasn't like that complicated a schedule as such. It was more like um, taking it each month, what all work needs to be finished in a particular month, basically. And I think the main thing was to. Um, and something that is done in like game design also, like which are the hero asset, hero props and hero elements and secondary elements. And then how much time does each nice. element basically cool. require? So yeah, something like that. It's quite smart. What, what should you advise me to, 
in order to finish this stuff? What would you advise? I think, and I mean, I'm still like very new to it, so I don't want to like give away. I mean, I don't. No, really, you, you, know. you're already ahead of me. <laughs> I think the main thing would be to just do a little bit every day. Like it, even if it takes longer than you may think initially, and it probably will take long the first time. I think finishing the first project is quite important because yeah. now for the second one, I already know how to appro- approach the whole project much better. But finishing that first one takes a bit of time. Yeah. How about the music? Like, do you have somebody whom you think can collaborate with that? Yeah, yeah. I had a friend here from my hometown, man. He's a he's a badass man. His stuff is so like it's like it's electronic style. Oh, nice. He's really good. He's he's really is a composer, mm-hmm. and he composes for movies as well. And his stuff would be amazing. Very like, very instrumental, nice. and the instruments are very organic. Like use the sounds of like of the craziest things you know like the sound of like your band hitting the like the wall or whatever or the oh. glass like use the sound like this and he like he composes like in a super electronic way he is really really good and i love those those combinations of like nature sounds and stuff mm-hmm. so yeah yeah he took a course on like sound design okay so the guy is a big so which i thought it would like really 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 fit in the one so i really want to go with him um, but yeah. yeah, I think. I think, the, I think. Sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. You go, dude. You, you tell me. I'll go. I'll say really quick. I just say I, I think. I think I'm very optimistic in doing Blender now. Mm-hmm. I did everything in this mask, but I, but I'm bringing everything to Blender. And dude, if it means that that I'll have to do it in in Eevee, then fuck it. I'll do it in Eevee. I like what I saw in Eevee, so I think if if it's well thought out, uh, then it's done. Because I, I'm I'm done waiting for Blender. <laughs> and, uh, and wait for eight hours for a render to be done, and in, in the end, it's like all glitchy, you know. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I was just saying, like the music makes such a big difference. Ha- having that process begin early on is quite important because it inspires you so much along the way as well, and it takes time as well. Yeah. 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 yeah the, man, the, I, I would say it's like. I would say it's like 50% or even 60% of the movie. Yeah. Most of my favorite movies, the music is the best. And I remember them almost more through the music than actually the image, mm-hmm. which is quite interesting. And uh, yeah, I noticed your music is like really impactful. It's uh, very rememberable too. Yeah, my uh, friends did an amazing job, Ken and Rane. Yeah. They, and different man yeah. and very different like uh, like like usually on this kind of movies it's all like like uh, yours is more like uplifting mm-hmm. which i thought was really interesting yeah because the initial idea right from the beginning was to create the sense of build up across the film and the way they arrange the orchestral instruments and the build up in the music it takes the first minute to sort of build up and then by the end of the film it really goes up and then crashes down and that kind of ties in with the visuals as well because the visuals at the beginning are small and contained inside the interiors and then by the end you have this massive exterior establishing shot yeah. so it kind of works together that way very nice how do you plan on uh, on improving for your next uh, what do you think you should be should improve for the next one. Yeah, I think the biggest thing that I need to improve on for the next one is to bring in more character animation so that the story becomes more relatable. 
like i mean just when you look at the animation test that you did the moment you see the character moving so much more it feels more realistic automatically so i think that's something that i need to work on more more relatable right yeah i think i want to bring on like a proper character animator i don't want to sit and figure out a new pipeline on my own when there are already experts who do that so i think i want to reach out to people who can do that much better that's pretty smart man uh, have you have you thought about rococo suit sorry oh the rococo suit it's i think it's a bit too pricey for me to to be honest it's too pricey yeah. yeah yeah same here yeah unless you find someone that has it yeah then that'll be great I think what Sava does is quite interesting. Like they have a whole mocap studio that they work with on a short yeah, film. Yeah, exactly. That's what I thought. I was even thinking about going somewhere, like trying to find a place here in Portugal uh, that has one of those studios. Because, uh, man, like that's a, the next level things when you start getting uh, characters. Yeah. Have you thought? Have you thought about like since you use Blender so well? Have you thought about using like real people, and uh, and just comp the the environment around it because you can totally do it in Blender. Oh, you mean like how Ian Hubert has these animation cycles? Exactly. Exactly, exactly. That's I think it's a great approach for like large crowds and large scenes, but in these fictional stories when the character design and the clothing is so different, I'm not quite sure how the workflow will work for that, you know. I'm not really no, sure. That's true. Yeah, you probably yeah, you have to do your own suit. Yeah, you'd have to do like uh, for the character. You'd have to be all real. Yeah, unless there's a way to transfer the rig of the character that has been recorded in live action onto a 3D model. I don't know if it's possible, but that'll be pretty interesting. Yeah. Yeah. But I think even in terms of storytelling, I think. I want to get better at being able to tell a clearer story rather than a very abstract story. That that's also quite important. That's so hard, though, man. Yeah. Even more on short films. Even more, like for you, for you to have like that punchy uh, ending, man. You you need to really for on the story on the story that that I wrote. Like it took me months until I found like a, a ending that I was like happy with. Mm -hmm. Months and months, like. And well, any they're like, okay, now this is a short film, not mm -hmm. just like a presentation or something. But uh, I took a long time with that as well. That, that's the thing that took me the most, to be honest. Like, uh, to find find a uh, a story that I was happy with, and doing that, and at the same time, uh, learning techniques. That was. Really good. I think it makes sense spending time on that. I mean, if you look at like the Love, Death, and Robots episodes. They are able to tell a very convincing story in a couple of minutes. So I want to rewatch those episodes and try to understand how they are developing that story. I think something to learn from there as well. Because at the end of the day, this is uh, we want to be storytellers, right? Yeah. Uh, I I I started watching a lot of YouTube videos of like like uh, all all short short movies I've done, mm -hmm. and uh, I studied a lot, a lot, a lot uh, the process, the the arc of. That story arc, and how could you do it in short film? I find like the 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 book power of film. This one, I find it's really cool to to understand like this concept. Oh, who's the author for this book? I'll order that. Uh, Howard Silver. Howard Silver. Like more, more like Ashton. I think I found it through Ashton. Okay. And uh, it's it's not like it teaches you. It's not, it doesn't teach you how to do short films. Mm -hmm. But it, 
it gives you all the concepts of uh, um, all the components of um, screenwriting. Okay. Um, yeah, like stuff from like explaining arts, first art, second art, third arts. What is the evil guy? Who is God? Who is uh, um, pretty much what makes a, a, a story good? Like this guy, our super, he was like a teacher from. It was a teacher from UCLA Film School, oh. in which you got like some of the best movie directors. Uh, I highly recommend this. He's helped me a lot to develop like interesting character. Not not that mine is, but at least he helped me through the process. Hmm, uh, and this also is interesting for us that are interested in movies. It's like, yeah, that, that that's quite true. I think uh, you touched upon an interesting point here because. You know how you were mentioning earlier that you're going through all these different Blender tutorials to develop the skill. It's important for us to read these books as well to develop the story storytelling skill because we yeah, almost take it for granted that we know how to tell a story, but it's like such a tough skill to develop. Yeah. So it's good that yeah, you're doing yeah. that. Yeah, I quickly realized that I didn't have uh, the skill to write a story. So mm -hmm. yeah, it, 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 I still don't. I still don't. Uh, I find for me one of the hardest things is communicating verbally. Mm -hmm. uh, it's I don't know for some reason for me to communicate verbally or tell a story verbally it's very tough. But if I write it and if I think about it, I find that I, I tend to be more successful. Okay, is is that something to do with uh, like do you have some sort of a fear of speak public speaking or is it just that communicating the idea that is hard for you? Uh, I, I, I spoken, I've spoken many times publicly, uh, and I do have that fear as well. I think it's, it's never easy. I just, um, um, I don't know, man. Maybe, maybe I just I never prepared myself enough, or I don't think mm -hmm. <laughs> very well about what I'm gonna say. Yeah. So when I when I write stuff, I tend to spend the time one hour two hours thinking about the thing. You know, I'm gonna phrase things. And, uh, maybe I like some vocabulary as well. Uh, but yeah, like maybe I maybe and it's my personality trait. Like I just speak without thinking. Okay. <laughs> most of the time. Uh, maybe that's it. But it's an important skill for sure. I think even more so as artists because we you you do it very well. You do it very well. Oh, thank you, thank you. It's just I think practice. Just having so many conversations over time. Yeah, very local. I think. A By the way, you had them. No, go, I go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, go for it. No, I'm just gonna say really good. You had some amazing people on your podcast. By the way, the director of the Ancario. Ancario, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that was a cool podcast, man. The guy is super interesting. Man, that guy is amazing. Amazing short yeah. film. How did you get him into the movie, into the podcast? I just messaged him on Instagram, really. <laughs> That's pretty much it. Wow. And he was super nice wow. to come because I'm sure he must be really busy. So for him to just take out so much time, that was quite nice. Yeah, I would love to do uh, something like what he did one day with real characters. Yeah, I was going to ask you actually, did, I mean, are you into photography and stuff? Do you capture in real life? I, I, I'm not, but I, I want to. I, I need to be, man. For instance, like, I was never into photography, but then uh, my sister's boyfriend, he, he has like an amazing lens. Mm -hmm. And as soon as I put it on my camera, fuck, I love photography, man. Like <laughs> this, this lens just makes all the job for you. Uh -huh. uh, it was like a long lens, like okay. really, really, really long lens. And, uh, 
Yeah, I think, and dude, I took a few pictures and for some reason I learned so much with those pictures. Like I, I started understanding more how, how, how whatever field works, like uh, anamorphic uh, lens work. And just for some picture, yeah, I need to get more into it. Do, do, do you do photography? No, I'm, that's same as you. I need to get into it, definitely. That's something I admire about Ashthorpe so much because he's able to switch to different styles of and different mediums so well. And I think really admire him for that, that each task that he's taking up, it looks like he really belongs in that task. You know, I think that's quite interesting. And and much share as well. Yeah, yeah, of course. Started well. taking, yeah. Both of them. Yeah, take it, yeah. Started taking photography, suddenly amazing pictures. I think of it's just a medium, right? Just yeah. the, and reaching out to people that are better than them to mm-hmm. teach them how to do it. That's true. That part is quite important, I think. I think so too. I think the more we realize that having two, three other people to work with, collaborate with, it raises everybody else's level. I think that's quite important. Yeah. 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 Totally. Though. That's why I want to talk to you so much about this, man. Because, uh, uh, yeah, I, I need to, I need to, to connect more with people that, that have done it and uh, they are still they are either have done it like for a long time or they are starting mm-hmm. uh, no I mean likewise dude I, I've been wanting to talk to you for a while as well because I really admire your work so much but well, thank you it's so much. taken us so long to actually get talking so but it's good to have this conversation as well thank you so much and honestly I, I feel really proud like to be among like seriously the people that you interview are really good man so it's really great to be amongst those people. And by the way, man, like, how, how did you get this podcast started? Like, um, I kind of had the idea to do it for a while last year, or I mean, the year before that in 2019. But then in 2020, you know, like everyone was working from home and I, I was staying by myself. So I was basically getting bored just sitting on my own and not having these conversations yeah. because even in the studio, I, I like to interact with people. Uh, that's just my yeah, nature to interact. So that's when I decided to start the podcast and start bringing on people. And I think another big push was that in India specifically, there was no podcast catering to concept art focusing that way. Yes. All the podcasts were from either Europe or USA. So I think that yeah, was also yeah. another reason to start that. That's great. That's great. That's very good. No, but you're super welcome you speak English very well. That helps to be very understandable. Thank you. Thank you. I think uh, it's been great learning for me. I mean, just this conversation that we've had as well. First of all, we didn't get that much chance to talk about your work, but I would love to do no, that. No, it's fine. Well. Like, I don't like to talk about <laughs> my stuff anyway. <laughs> no, but I think the great thing is that, you know, we have this mutual passion for making short films or just developing stories. And just having this conversation inspires me as well so much. So it kind of gives me a boost for the next couple of days that, hey, let's just push a bit more. So that's what helps. Same year, dude. Same year, dude. Same year, dude. And uh, like, like every time I start, uh, you show like a new movie or a magic share or something. And now you do. Every <laughs> time anyone does like this boost of inspiration. Yeah. Um, so I just gotta keep keep up with it. Mm-hmm. It's the most important thing. And another question I wanted to make you it was like you said you do a lot of lists. Do you do it like daily? Um, 
I think I need to start doing more daily lists. Uh, right now, I've been doing more project-based lists. So let's say if I just take the uh, existence, then it was like a separate list for the main building, separate list for the interior shot, separate list for the props. But now I want to break it down onto a daily format and plan the next project accordingly. Yeah. Very nice, very nice. Same here, same here. I think even um, Wojtek mentioned a couple of weeks back or maybe a couple of months back on a social media that he's planning a short film as well. So I'm quite I excited. Saw, I saw that. It was quite interesting that he also he, he started talking to a screenwriter, a teacher or something. Oh. And then he got help. Yeah, he got help for, from, actually not even a teacher, like a professional uh, screenwriter advisor. That's like a professional, like maybe that's something that you. Let me see if I can find it. Maybe that's something that you could find. He shared it on Instagram. Then he got advised, like he sent his script to this guy, and he, he gave him a lot of feedback. And that's that's his job. He's advising for screen screen right? Okay, I hope I can find. Let's just give me a second. No, no, sure. Because that, that could be cool for you now that you're um, doing the new one. Uh, maybe you could push your stuff to the next to the next level. See if I see in his stories like a new one. Because he did in his stories. Uh, maybe it's like a story for uh, this short film. But have you saved it? I think I mean it must have disappeared many months back, right? Is there a way to find it? I think save by the way, he has like a, a really nice uh, book, uh, um, uh, stories, like sex and just for his stories, for the books he reads. And oh, the, okay. There are some really interesting ones. I love look at that. Like when I find it, I, oh, I can send it that way. Yeah, yeah, that'll be uh, fun. Yeah, I'll, I'll send it because it's a good screenshot. But yeah, because I think I even thought for myself, to ask for that advice because you know, like you're not professional screenwriters, and mm-hmm. any help uh, would be really appreciated. Do you read much books apart from like these storytelling books? In terms of, I mean, do you read like fiction, non-fiction, otherwise? Uh, to be honest, not anymore. Not anymore. I used to read a lot when I was kid. I read like a lot, a lot of books, mm-hmm. a lot of books. But uh, I don't know. For some reason, I just got. Just got I just got tired of reading, like physically. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, I started reading a lot from audio, mm-hmm. and I could finish a lot of books. I, I started finishing a lot of books with that. But uh, I, I would say, like, I, I definitely should read way more. I definitely should read more. But uh, on the other hand, I do consume a lot of content uh, from movies, TV shows, and all that, which I think it helps. It's not the same as reading, because reading a different type of thought process and uh, imagine imagination process yeah but uh, do you read a lot i try to i mean again i try to read it through audible because actually reading physically takes up quite a bit of time so i do have some books that i would like to read in my shelf but again it's the time factor but i think this the one that you suggested earlier the power of film i think i'll get that a physical copy and read that that one i recommend the physical copy because you I really enjoyed reading that one because you can go and you and you can write. It's it's almost like yeah. a study book. Exactly. Cross things. Yeah. Like if I saw like 
when I don't like in all the rules that thing, sometimes I'm like, oh, that's cool, and I don't have anywhere to to write down mm. or to cross the thing on the book. That's true. That's true. So yeah, I guess that storytelling thing is quite important. So when you, I mean, in terms of your future plan, and this is something that I like to, you know, talk to, I mean, I'd rather ask every guest who comes on, do you have a plan to go deeper into animation, storytelling and direction in your career? So my, my, my idea is uh, I want to develop a studio here in my own town. Oh. And, uh, yeah, I really want to develop a studio in my own town where I can work for Maybe like kind of like a VFX studio where you, you, you work for movies and you, you also develop your, your short films. Okay. Uh, and in that studio, I, want, I also want to have like workshops where I can teach the, the younger people here in, in, my, in, in my country that uh, there is an option. You know, there is, there is a way where you can fulfill your dreams and work in the entertainment industry. That's my, that's my, main, my main goal. That's but, amazing. Uh, yeah, like really focus on the in the in the studio get the, get the team and do our own short films man. like like pretty much like what's happening like, yeah there's this team like, they all live in the same place pretty mm-hmm. much and they go into places and they shot movies and, and you create like a little community mm-hmm. i love to i really really love to do that and also helping like the other people uh, learn this thing that's my goal that's amazing also, eventually i'd love uh, sorry go ahead now, I was just saying, I mean, just looking at what Sava and the entire team has done is that they've been doing it for many years now. So they have like this big catalog of movies ready. And yeah. I think it also allows them to approach bigger producers, bigger studios to give them money and funding to do something really big because they have that track record of many years of totally. producing films. Totally. Uh- but that's what I was gonna say. Like eventually, I, I want to, yeah, I want to be able to just, uh, just, just do like movies and short films. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was thinking about like maybe taking like a, maybe I could take like a, a course like in a film school or something, just to help me a bit more on that. But uh, the the easiest easiest thing, quote unquote, is uh, is to to have like a studio that works in VFX. You know? right. The easiest way to start doing it you know it's not like probably the, probably the thing that i love the most is that like uh, all my own studio that does like own movies mm-hmm. but uh, that's a hard thing to, to pull uh, i think probably the best is to work for other movies and then eventually develop our own movies i think that's pretty much yeah. what uh didier has done as well like they have created their own production company now where who did sorry the director oh. of Uncario, Didier Konings. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, okay, so, okay. okay. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty much what they are doing as well, like taking on freelance projects, but also developing these short films and yeah. longer films. So yeah. it's pretty interesting. Yeah, I think that's a way to go. And I think you'll start, you start seeing more of that. That's like the renaissance approach, right? Like mm-hmm. you work for clients, but you also do your passion project, friends and all working for the same goal. I think that's really good. Yeah. Well, I mean, how about you? How about you? Um, I think my one of my primary goals is definitely to direct live action films. So, animation is just a way to get into it, into getting into yeah, directing yeah. stories. But the end goal is definitely to direct live action. That's that's what I'm trying to get to. 
do you find it uh, a really really hard achievement to, uh, to to direct live action movies or do you, you find it like it's possible it's possible i have no idea because i've never done it but i don't see why it cannot be done it can take time it will take many years to get there but yeah. but i think i have the patience to do it i think i'm not trying to rush anything so it's fine that's right that's right but yeah because I mean, sometimes you can feel that way like i think concept art is so good right because we have the ability to visualize our ideas so we are not exactly. dependent on finding anybody to show our vision basically yeah and i think of they like that, that's the most that's one of the most important things because like if you visualize the idea then um, then you can pitch it really easily to people i think we are in a very cool position as yeah. startups and getting into this uh, i think uh, for pitching like you can just do concept art and you should pitch it for people around you is stuff man like like you see a lot of short films but it just doesn't have quality and at the end of the day we know what is good mm-hmm. we have as concept artists when you're in it for a while we, we, and you have interest for movies you develop a, a taste and you develop a good taste a good enough taste uh, and that's what like most people like doing short films and movies uh, because you were so focused like in filming things mm-hmm. you know uh they didn't develop like uh, that taste or maybe develop very late and i think with concept art develop that taste quite quite fast i think do you think good taste can be taught to somebody or is that something that you have to find on your own uh i i think the i think you find it okay on your own but uh, you can definitely you, you I think you can definitely teach it in a way that you can direct people to to good con- to good content you know like oh, dude, this movie is really good mm-hmm. and uh, it's not like I'm going to say like I'm, I my taste is amazing but I I'm pretty confident on my taste uh, to be honest um, and I think it comes from watching like really really good movies considered really good movies indie movies old movies And I think if you if you if you if someone is uh, want to be good at it, and if you direct them to that content, uh, I think you, you you can develop that good place really fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a that's an interesting thing because quite often you see these technically brilliant pieces, but then in terms of the idea, it just looks like a repetition of something that's been done so many times or. not really adding any interesting value to the conversation so yeah no that's very true man i think um i think it it, it comes from again from the, the design background um, and referencing a lot we learn to reference a lot not do anything without reference mm-hmm. which kind of makes the job boring but it's your work will always be as good as your reference that's, that's true and we as concept artists we learn that very 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 early and obviously taste comes with years style style comes with years but because we know how to reference we are we, we learn how to reference mm-hmm. uh, i think uh, you see something oh that's really good 
if I do something very similar to that, or if I follow those looks, the, that move, and if I apply it to my story with a bit of twist, maybe it can add value, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so that's where I think our our, our uh, can amplify the, the, the good guys. Although obviously there's we see a lot of concept value. Yeah, that's an interesting way to put it. Yeah, I was just curious. I mean, in the film industry as such and working in these VFX studios, how are the timelines like? I mean, how long does each concept or each film go on for? Since we were like talking about developing movies and stuff like that, how yeah. is that process like? So it depends a lot. Like if you're working in the in the art department of the movie itself, then it can take like a full year of pre-production, even more. Uh, but if you're working on, on a VFX and you're like every day, like really tweaking that concept. When I was in Little, Little Mermaid, I was working on the, the grotto of the Little Mermaid, the design of that. And it was months and months working on that. Like obviously I'll be working on other stuff. Mm -hmm. But that was my task. Okay. For the six months I was there, I was wow. doing that. Six months. Uh, when you're working in a VFX company like Frames or Friend, I'm going to just speak about them so because that's the one I know. Uh, then the iteration is way faster and like projects can go from like one day to two days to two weeks. Usually it's around two weeks okay. to even like two, three months. Uh, it, 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 it varies a lot, but uh, the pace is fast. The pace is really fast in France. Do you... Do you like work on different films at the same time, or is it like only one movie at a time? Uh, it, it happened before that I worked on different shows at the same time. Okay. Yeah, but but usually you stay on one show. Uh, we are like a team of like eight people, and like okay. so each one like so sometimes there are like three guys working on that movie, other two guys working on that one. Um, uh, and yeah, usually it's like, and sometimes like oh they need my help on that movie. You guys are doing so mm -hmm. I'm just going to do it really quickly because someone is taking holidays or something. I see. But uh, the pace is really fast, mostly because because um, uh, you, you, you have to provide with work. It's not like, for instance, like you can stay in the same character for two months or much, not so much, like one month, mm -hmm. same character, but doing a lot of iterations. Like, so each uh, every three days or four or every week you gotta give an iteration of that so it feels like it's different characters okay. but at the end of the day you're working on, all on the same character as somebody who wants to like get into the film industry do you think they need to have that versatility where they can do characters environments vehicles everything or is it okay to be specialized in one style of work I think I think it's okay to be specialized, but again, it's the same as everything. Like if you if you if you're able to have um, versatility, it's cool. Mm -hmm. But uh, um, honestly, like the the stuff that you do, like game, like movie companies would, would love it. It's so similar, man. It's just uh, just you you want you want to get into the film industry. Yeah, I would love to. I think that's one of my biggest goals for sure. Yeah, your stuff like if you show them your short film, I'm sure that you'll get the job, honestly, because that's what they need. They just want to see more some because they see the the game concept artists and they're like, maybe they are great at ideas, but maybe they can do cinematic stuff, mm -hmm. which is bullshit. Which is bullshit. Um, uh, 
that's why I took six months to off to do some cinematic portfolio. Right. But you did it with your short film. Now you have it, and uh, I don't think you you left anything. Yeah, man. Like uh, go ahead and and, uh, and uh, really send send your stuff to this company. Yeah, I'd love to get more I'd insights on that. Any frame store needs anyone, I'll definitely push our work for it. Oh, thank you. Awesome. Seriously. I do love your, your animals. And they all use in Blender in our department. That's why I changed because like my department, we all use Blender. Uh, mm -hmm. Definitely. I think now pretty much in all concept art pipelines, Blender has become the standard. So it's it's just much faster. It's just Yeah, it's just so easy to switch, uh, like copy paste stuff. It's insane, man. Like, mm -hmm. You literally you copy paste one file, one model to the other file. So, uh, I don't think you'll have any problem. Just keep doing what you're doing. You'll 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 get to this conference. Wow, we've and, uh, like gone past two hours now. This has been an insane conversation. So many so interesting. I just I just want to want to do that. Just uh, yeah, just talk with concept artists in, in these companies. And heat up this and try to get in contact with the supervisor art director. Mm -hmm. Okay. The supervisor art director is a guy that hires you. And I didn't know it before. So, how do you actually get I in touch with these people? I mean, like, are they on Instagram or, you know, ArtStation? How, how do you? Uh, they're on Instagram, on ArtStation. Like, for instance, the, the guy from Island is Jason Orland. Uh, and he will always reply to you, man. He's mm -hmm. such a nice guy. I highly recommend for you to send you a report for you, please. And uh, in frame store is Martin McRae, uh, which is a great guy. Uh, so, yeah, it's target the supervisor at the mm, That's interesting. And if you want to work in a movie, target the production designers. Yeah. The production designer is the guy that's going to hire you. Yeah, these are great, and that's valuable it. insights. Because, <laughs> like, when you're applying for game studios, it's like the art director. So, everyone knows that the art director has to see it. But for movies, it's a bit more. Like it's not that well known who is the exact person to approach for your kind of because you have art directors in movies as well and you're like yeah uh, should I send that stuff art director in movies the art director is the is just the guy that is managing stuff mm -hmm. the production designer is the art director in composition correct but then on VFX companies you also have art directors that are also badasses that mm -hmm. also do concept art but uh, and you can hit them as well nice 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 That's, uh, Yeah, anything you need, helping there is just, just like, yeah. Absolutely. I know, I know how hard it can be to if you work in games and wanting to work in movies. Not to say, I mean, like we were talking already, even in games now that quality bar is so so high. So oh, man. even more in Rockstar, like Rockstar, it's insane. I think, I mean, quite similar, you know. I mean, in terms of what you were saying, you had the passion or the dream to work on movies. I think it's quite similar for me as well that you want to experience that once. I'm sure, I mean, people have mentioned this earlier that once you work on a couple of movies, then it just becomes like another job. But getting that experience the first time, I think it's always quite special. Oh man, I, yeah. I, I am loving it. You know? mm -hmm. Even the shit, like sometimes I gotta work like on, on some not so good movies on like high production, like print store, sometimes you get Sometimes you gotta work on advertisements or movies that are not so good, you know, like like story shit. But I don't know, man. Just working movies for me. It's, yeah. It's, Plus, you learn quite a bit as well because that's what you want to do, and you understand how the definitely. pipeline works as well. 
Thank you. All right then. Um, have a nice weekend ahead, and let's stay in touch. And we'll keep talking. Definitely. Thank you.